Perception, Perception is, is reality. reality. Folks, I hope that you love this episode because it has absolutely been one of the longest and hardest recording processes that I have ever went through in any of the other episodes that I have ever done. I have recorded content and erased content and re-recorded content and re-erased that content and I have recorded and spliced and cut and walked away from it and come back to it. I, for some unknown reason, have had such an issue with trying to record this episode, but finally I said, I'm going to hit record and I'm going to talk and whatever comes out, that's what it is going to be. And Lord, man, I do not understand why I'm having such an issue recording this episode, but I hope and I pray that you are going to like what you hear. And I am so thankful that I have, I think in my opinion, just been struck with what I needed to be able to get this out. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to this 176th episode of Perception is Reality. I'm your host, Christopher H. Bilbury. I am so thankful that you are here and you're listening to this, that you've clicked on the episode. I'm going to ask, as I always do, that you share the show with everyone you know. Remind folks how they can find us on all major podcast hosting sites. All they have to do is search for us by name. Perception is Reality with Christopher H. Bilbrey. We can also be pulled up on Google by being searched by our name or by looking for us under Bilbrey Podcast. That's B-I-L-B-R-E-Y Podcast. We'll pull right up that way. But the easiest way is to simply go to the home link which is perception.fireside.fm. Remind folks how they can find us there. I would very greatly appreciate it. You know, that's how I start out every single episode. By telling you, thank you for listening, thank you for clicking, thank you for giving me a little bit of your time, because it means a lot to me, because I'm a decent person. Even though I get fired up, and I get passionate, and I yell, and I scream, and I might even get angry sometimes. I do get angry. I understand that I need to be polite. I understand that you get more bees with honey. And I understand that what we need in this world is decency. I remember things how they were Several years ago and back through my, my 20s and my teens and my childhood years, I remember a decent world. The world that we are living in now, we feel like, I don't know, something is, it's like a pressure cooker. It's like we're on the edge. I just really, really don't know. But we're not living in the same world that I remember coming up in. And my fear is that one of these days... We aren't going to have those of us that remember the old world. We're going to have all the people that have been born in this time and born after this time. And no one is going to remember decency. And there aren't going to be people asking the questions like I'm asking, like, are we seeing the death of decency? Are we seeing the death of intelligence? Are we seeing the death of common sense? I think right now that we are witnessing the death of decency. I love politics. I love getting in and mixing it up. And somebody said long ago, politics isn't for the faint of heart. And that is very true. 
Somebody said politics is a full contact sport, and that is very true. Somebody said that politics will make you bleed, and that is very true. I love all of it, getting in the dirt, down deep and dirty and fighting through it, and all of it. But politics when I was coming up was different than politics now. And it seems like it's getting worse and worse. And everybody listening to this knows what I'm talking about. And some people will blame me for being part of the problem. But I don't think that I am. I'm not personal in my attacks. Some people think that I am. But I would ask and I would, I would, I would beg you to point me in a direction of a time when I've been personal. I have no problem attacking people on their public persona, on what they do in public, what they do as an elected official in office when it comes to the government public action. I have no problem with political satire, and I will be involved in all of it because there is a time and a place for everything. There is a time and a place for calm civil debate, there is a time and a place to get angry. There is a time and a place to raise your voice. There is a time and a place for protest. There is a time and a place for disruption. And for those of you out there that are listening that disagree with me, I want to ask you one simple question. Did you study history? How did we get here? If you don't believe in a little bit of protest, a little bit of disruption. How did we get here? What happened in the founding of this country? Don't give me that that doesn't have a place in politics. It very much does. Now, I don't say that we always need to be disruptive, and I'm not always disruptive. I don't say that we should protest always because that doesn't serve a purpose. There is a time and a place for it. Hell, I even say there's a time and a place for cursing. Some people might disagree with me, and I understand, and that is your right, and I will be respectful of that, but I believe in cursing every now and then. I think there's a time and a place for everything. Even in a decent society, within our decent democracy, in this process, there is a time and a place for everything. However, I do feel like it's going away. I feel like it's going away. And I want to be very clear. I know what's going to happen. There are going to be people who are going to listen to this episode, and they're going to say, you're just saying this because you're not conservative enough. You're not Republican enough. And those are my favorite people. I always get people, and they always come in pairs. I get people that say, you're not Republican enough. You're not Democrat enough. And they always say it at the same time. Or you're not conservative enough. You're not liberal enough. Or people say, you're too Republican. You're too Democrat. You're too conservative. You're too libertarian. You're too liberal. People, I, I don't even know what that means. All I know is how to be me and myself with my beliefs and my thoughts. I believe myself to be a constitutionalist, 
a common sense, right-leaning libertarian, a constitutional conservative who is fluid. I have been supportive of Democrats. I have been supportive of Republicans. I believe in a constitutional democracy in our country the way that our country has been. I believe that we have been wrong. I believe that we've got a lot right. I believe that we need to improve, and I believe that we can. I also believe that we are headed in a bad way if we're not careful. But there's a time and a place for all of this, and there is a time and a place for discussion And for agreeing and disagreeing. And you can agree with me or you can disagree with me. And you can agree in silence or you can disagree in silence. Or you can get a hold of me and you can communicate with me. You can email me. You can hit me up on social media. You can text or call me. And I love all of it. Whether you listen to the show and you agree 10% of the time or you agree 80% of the time or you listen to the show and you disagree 10% of the time or you disagree 80% of the time. Whatever the situation is, first of all, thanks for listening. Second of all, let me know and talk to me about it. But understand, what I do here is I have my beliefs and I act upon them. And then I communicate to you all. And yes, I hope you listen to what I say and you take this information and that it helps shape your life in some way. You know, people used to talk about musicians and they would talk about how they would borrow from other musicians. We always hear about how people say that the band Led Zeppelin stole from the blues greats of the 30s and 40s and 50s. But I don't think that they stole from them. I think that they take what they heard and what they loved, and they put their spin on it, and they repackaged it, and it's great. What is that old saying? Imitation is the sincerest form of flattery. I think that's what's going on. You know, the artists of today are taking what Led Zeppelin and other groups like them have done, and they're repackaging it. It's kind of like the martial artist, Bruce Lee. Bruce Lee, everyone knows him, whether you're into martial arts or not. Everyone knows the name Bruce Lee. He was a famous martial artist, and he was also in movies, in the kung fu karate action movies. In the 70s, he was a martial arts master, kung fu, karate, taekwondo, judo. And what he would do is he was taking all of the best of all of that different ways of study of martial arts. And he was trying to combine it into one form of martial arts that he called Jeet Kune Do where he was studying everything from karate, from kung fu, from judo, from taekwondo, from kickboxing. And he was trying to take all of the best of that and put it into a different type of martial arts and repackage it where he was giving his students the very best of uh, all of it. That's what I try to do. And I try to repackage what I think is the best and give it to you. 
And then you can either decide to use it or not use it or use some of it or take a little bit of it and use it over here and not use this or stretch it or change it. And I think that's great. That's what we're all trying to do. I think we're all hoping that we can better our lives, better our situation, better our community. The goal here, obviously, I say it all the time, is trying to better our government through our involvement. That's what we want to do. I always want to further my education and better myself in whatever I'm interested in. And I try to do that. I want to learn to be better, to be stronger. And I want to be active. And I want to better myself and better what's around me better my community, better my city, better my county, better my state, better my country, better the world. I want to do that, and I attempt to do that. And if I can get others to want to better educate themselves in this, that's great. I want to do that. If I can help in that area, I will. If I can help get you to someone who can help, I will. If I can help get others interested in being better, that is fantastic. If I can help you want to be active, that's better. I love that. That's fantastic. Through that, we can all work to better our situations, better our communities, better our government, local, state, and federal. We can do that through our involvement. Isn't that wonderful? That said, nothing says that we have to agree 100% of the time or that we're going to disagree 100% of the time. I always say, if you say that you agree with me 100% of the time, you're probably lying. If you say that you disagree with me 100% of the time, you're probably lying. It's more like somewhere in the middle. That's how we learn to fight back against what we are seeing in the world today. What is going on in politics, whether it be local, state, or federal, is not what I'm talking about here. What's going on now is everybody runs out, screams what they say, what they think, what they believe, and then they run back to their own team and they don't listen to any other side or any other take. I always say that I'm politically fluid, and I am. I'm willing to listen. I'm willing to learn. I'm willing to change. But at the same time, I also will stand my ground and argue my point, and I'll do it with one of the tools that I have in my tool bag. That's why education is important. We have to learn better ways to do that, better ways to be willing to communicate, better ways to be active. It's okay to be angry. It's okay to disagree. It's okay to have to say, you know what? I'm going to walk away from this for a second. I got I to gotta go away. It's okay to be angry. It's okay to be upset and to be hurt. It's okay to walk away. It's also okay to agree. It's okay to hear something that you've never agreed with before and hear it and it all of a sudden makes sense to you and you say, you know what? I agree with that now. It is okay for you to do that. You know, I recently did an episode, a bonus episode on abortion, and some people might look at it. If you haven't listened to it, go and listen to the whole thing. 
If you have to fast forward through the part and you'll know what I'm talking about, that's okay. But make sure you listen to the intro and the and the outro. And I put times in there so you'll know. But there will be people who will say that I did that as a gimmick or a joke. And I'm not joking about abortion. I feel very strongly about abortion. But in that episode, I tell you how I feel. And someone told me that they didn't like what I had to say because they felt like I was trying to change how they use their First Amendment right. I was trying to say that they didn't have a voice or shouldn't have a voice. And I was like, no, I would never say that. I'm saying in that episode how I feel, how I think I should behave within my belief. We can both consider ourselves the same political side and look at how we act in different ways. You have to act the way that you act, and I'll act the way that I act. And we can both consider ourselves Republicans or conservatives or Democrats or liberals or whatever the case may be, whoever it is that you're talking to. We don't have to act exactly the same way just because we say that we're the same thing. We can have the same belief and act on that in different ways. I am just trying to convey to you how I go about this. No one will ever say that they are a stronger First Amendment right advocate than I am. I have been to jail. I have been jailed for speaking. I have been jailed for utilizing my freedom of speech. They were trying to tell me I didn't have a freedom of speech, that I couldn't speak, and they jailed me. I have filed two federal lawsuits because I felt like my First Amendment rights were being violated. I will stand toe-to-toe with anyone who tries to silence me or anyone else. And it doesn't matter if I agree with what you're saying, or I like what you're saying, or I hate what you're saying. I will stand up and fight for your right to say it. Just because I say this is how I use my First Amendment right doesn't mean that's how you have to use it. Yes, we have a freedom to say whatever we want to say within reason there. You can't yell fire in a, in a theater, obviously, and there's other things like that, but within reason. But within that, you know, you have to use common sense, and, and then there's your, your morals play a role, and decency plays a role, and you have to decide, is now the time and place And you have to be able to temper yourself and say, this is the best way to do this, or this isn't the best way to do this. And you have to use what you can use and what you have at your ability in a way that fits with the rest of your beliefs. That's all I'm saying. We're not even to the main part of the episode yet. This is just me rambling on as an intro talking about what I'm seeing as, in my opinion, being the death of decency. I'm trying to talk to you all about, and hopefully a lot of you are agreeing with things that I'm saying. All of this is coming to me because of something that happened just recently. See, I'm recording this in the time that I call the in-between There's something that I call the in-between that happens every year. It's the week in-between Christmas and New Year. 
it's always a weird time when it feels like time slows down and everything pauses and nobody's at work or the people at work don't want to be at work so they're not really doing anything. Nothing's happening in government. Nothing's really going on anywhere and it's like we're just all kind of waiting for New Year's to happen and then the year to kick off and everyone to get back to work and things to start happening. And during this time, I always feel weird. It feels just kind of like you're in a no man's land at that time. And I always have a hard time knowing what I'm going to fill shows with during that time because nothing's really happening and I just feel kind of out of it. But something happened not too long ago, back on Christmas Eve, which was Friday, December 24th. Something happened, and it just broke my heart. And we're going to talk about that in just a few moments. We do have to take a quick break. Ladies and gentlemen, you're listening to this 176th episode of Perception is Reality. It's called The Death of Decency. I'm your host, Christopher Bilbrey. We'll be right back. This portion of the podcast is brought to you by Vital Farms, established in 2007. Vital Farms, where honest food is raised. Vital Farms' mission is to bring ethical food to the table. They do everything they can to improve the lives of people, animals, and the planet through food. Whether it's giving the girls year-round outdoor access, supporting family farmers, enabling you to trace your eggs back to the farm, or debunking misleading animal welfare claims, you can can always trust Vital Farms to be where honest food is raised. Their pasture-raised eggs, butter, and egg bites are delicious, ethical food that you do not have to question. Vital Farms, where honest food is raised. Check them out at vitalfarms.com today. Back to work we go, ladies and gentlemen. This is episode 176. Thank you for joining me and Let's get into the thick of it. So I was relaxing on Christmas Eve, Friday, December 24th, 2021, watching some Netflix or whatever, and I saw on Facebook that someone had posted asking a question if the local police dispatch was going to do the Santa uh, dispatch. And for those of you that are not familiar with what that is, Police dispatch will put out a bolo for a sleigh with eight or nine reindeer and a, an older white male with white hair and he's bigger and they will kind of put this out on Christmas Eve around 8 or 9 p.m. in the evening. It's kind of a cute thing that they've done for some time and it's it's kind of a neat thing. A, a bolo is a be on the lookout. Police dispatch will put that out for drunk drivers or speeding traffic or things that they need to get out to large groups of officers in one area or whatever. So they'll put that out and um, that's a way to get information out. And so they started doing this for the people who have scanners at home or now for people who listen on the apps that you have on your phone. I can't believe that people just sit around and listen to Police scanners. I, I, I think I just listened to the radio traffic so much when I was a cop that I have no interest in doing that now. When I'm not a police officer, I definitely don't want to be listening to all of that crap. But it's kind of neat that they do this on Christmas. I don't know how long they've been doing it, 
but they have done it for some time. And so I, I, I thought, oh, I'm, I'm going to look for this. So I got on and tried to find it, and I don't know if the local dispatch did this or not. I assume they did, but you can go on YouTube and type in Christmas Eve Police Santa Dispatch, and you can find an example of what I'm talking about. That then made me think, oh, I wonder if the NORAD thing is still up. You know, now we're really getting into it. So NORAD is the North American Aerospace Defense Command Center or whatever. It is something between the United States and Canada that is deep in the mountain out in Colorado, and they are tasked with keeping North America safe from attack from some other country or from outer space, I guess. They they look for meteorites and various things that would enter the atmosphere and be a harm to North America coming from the air. And they have this very, very important task. They're monitoring the skies and the, the radars and the satellites 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 365 days a year. It's, it's a really important thing that they do. And it's very serious and top secret. Well, many, many years ago, 1945, 1950, <coughs> they, uh, the story goes, I, I don't know if this is more of a legend or if this really happened, but the legend goes that some town ran in the local newspaper an ad for children to call and speak to Santa Claus before he left on Christmas Eve for his flight around the world, and they could talk to him at the North Pole. And they put the phone number in the paper, and when they did that, they put in a misprint of the number. The newspaper messed up the number or something happened. And instead of calling this person at the North Pole who was going to be answering the phone, it rang through to NORAD, this military base, and some gruff colonel answered the phone and played along and acted like he was Santa Claus. And that kind of spun into this whole big public relations thing where what they would start doing is every year on Christmas Eve, NORAD, along with their serious business, would also track Santa Claus all over his flight around the globe from Christmas Eve through the 24-hour day of, of you know, Christmas. <clears throat> and it's kind of a neat thing. When we got into the Internet age, they started putting out a website to where you can actually get on this website from your home, and you can track Santa Claus using NORAD's equipment and see him flying where he's at in the world and see when he's going to be in your neck of the woods. It's really cool to see this. So this year, <clears throat> for uh, who knows why, I don't know if they just thought it would be a good idea or he wanted to do it or, or I don't know how any of this came about, but President Joe Biden and his wife, First Lady Jill Biden, decided that they would take part in this for a little bit. And along with following and tracking Santa Claus, they would take phone calls from 
good little boys and girls that were at home getting ready to get in bed, and they would talk to him. It's kind of a cute thing, and I know that there are people that hate Joe Biden, and this is kind of part of the whole decency thing, you know, even though people are, you know, Republicans, can they not find that this is kind of a cute thing? You know, I'm not going to begrudge this man some holiday cheer and being able to have a good time, whatever. You know, I don't think it's a major thing. This is just... Joe Biden talking to moms and dads and kids on Christmas Eve, okay? I get all of the the jokes and the nonsense about him liking children, and I understand that there's a lot of weirdness that goes into whatever goes on there. But this was a phone call, and I don't think it was a big deal, okay? If you are a Republican and you hate Joe Biden and you don't want your children to call and talk to him on Christmas Eve, I just assume you wouldn't call, You know, I don't have any children, so I didn't call. But if I did, I probably wouldn't have had them call him. But if they wanted to or if I thought about it, hell, I might have. It would be neat for kids to talk to the president of the United States on Christmas Eve, no matter if it's a president of your political party or not. It's just the action of doing it, okay? We can get back to hating him on his policy and fighting him tomorrow. It's Christmas Eve tonight kind of let's go through the motions, all right? So I didn't even know this thing was going on, all right? But apparently they did this, and this man in Oregon heard about this, and he decided to call in. Now, this man's name was Jared Shemek, and apparently the story that they're telling is he was under the impression that this was going to be a recorded phone message that they would call into. He didn't know that it was actually going to be the President of the United States or his wife. And he called in with his kids, and he has a YouTube channel, which we'll talk about that in a minute as well. But he decided to have his family record this so they could look at it later or whatever. So at some point in this situation, this Jared Schmeck realizes, wait a minute, this is not a recorded phone message. We're actually going to be talking to the president and the first lady. Now, I suppose that there were call takers making sure that there weren't right-wing nuts and other freaks that were going to be calling in to say inappropriate things because along with talking to the president and the first lady, this was being live-streamed and being shown all over somewhere, the internet. It's There's video of this and audio of this, and I don't know where this was allowed to be seen that evening, but apparently it was being live-streamed in real time somewhere, and because of the power of the internet, it's being live-streamed technically all over the United States, and therefore the world because of the internet. So there were a lot of people somewhere watching this. I didn't know about it until all of this happened. So Jared calls in, and they're in a studio, so there's kind of some communication issues, and there are some delay issues, and the Bidens are kind of talking over Jared, and Jared talks over the Bidens. So it's kind of difficult to hear everything that's being said, but it's just a regular phone call. Like, they both start out by saying Merry Christmas, and the Bidens ask 
you know, if there are any little kids there and, and what the little kids want for Christmas. And this father goes around the room and he lets his kids talk into the phone and the kids talk really quietly because they're shy. And they tell the president and the first lady that they want, you know, a Barbie airplane and a Nintendo Switch. And one of the kids says he wants a piano and they have some banter back and forth. And then Joe Biden asks the father what he wants. And the father says he wants some, you know, a quiet evening. And Joe Biden says lots of luck on that or something to that effect. And they go back and forth and they have a laugh. And it's just kind of awkward because of the delay and the communication issues that's going on. But it lasts for like two or three minutes. And then they're saying Merry Christmas, and then something strange happens at the end. And I'm actually going to let you hear that audio now. And it might be a little hard to hear, but do your very best. And then when we come back, we'll break it all down. Okay, play the Jared audio. Hi. How are you? Merry Christmas. Who's this? This is Jared. Hi, Jared. I assume you're dad? Hi. Yes, sir. Oh. Oh, all right. I okay. Want... Okay, dad. Dad, what do you want for Christmas? <laughs> maybe a quiet night. Lots of luck, dad. <laughs> well, you know, dad, we have a hunter, too. Yeah. We have a son named Hunter and a grandson named Hunter. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yes. We're going to go. You do. She tells me you don't. We have a grandson. I promise you. We have a grandson. He's 16 years old. I was thinking of the baby. That's both. Oh, my gosh. Anyway. Well, how old is Griffin? What do you want to say? 11. 11. 11. What did you ask for Christmas? What do you want Santa to bring you? Piano. A piano? Holy mackerel. Well, I tell you what, <laughs> we, we had trouble hearing you, Dad. I was going to say you have to cut the trees down to get a piano. Well, I, I, I think yeah. so. Yeah. Well, and what's Hunter want is his big gift. Switch is it? A Nintendo Switch. Oh, that's oh, pretty cool. Oh, Nintendo. Great. That's pretty cool. Yeah. How about Piper? Well, Piper uh, actually left the room before before you get uh, a Barbie here. Oh, a Barbie. I still have my Barbie, and I can, and Santa tries to get me. Santa brought my Barbie. Well, my about. Barbie was the first Barbie. <laughs> my Barbie's ancient Barbie. <laughs> She's now grandmother. <laughs> Well, maybe she'll bring her granddaughter. Yeah. Bring her granddaughter. <laughs> well, and how about Penelope? Well, Penelope, she's only two, so I think she'd be happy oh. with this time. Oh, that's great. Oh, that's great. Yeah, oh, that's wonderful that you have a two-year-old. Well, well, have a Merry Christmas. Have a wonderful Christmas. And by the way... You guys have to be in bed by 9 o'clock, you know, and sleep between 9 and 12, or he doesn't show up. This isn't to you, Jerry. This isn't to the kids. <laughs> well, I hope you have a wonderful yeah, Christmas. Well, yeah, I hope you guys have a wonderful Christmas as well. Oh, thank you. Let's go, Brandon. Let's go, Brandon. I agree. <laughs> hey, by the way, where are you in Oregon? 
Where's your home? I think we lost him. Yeah. Oh, hearing Jill Biden say, yeah, there at the end, she just seems exasperated. Okay, so I know it was kind of hard to hear and it went on long, but you heard what I wanted you to hear. Let's just listen to that last little section here real quick. Yeah, I hope you guys have a wonderful Christmas as well. Uh, Merry thank Christmas you. Let's go, Let's go, Brandon. I agree. Hey, by the way, are you in Oregon? All right, so it's going so well. It's a cute moment. They're talking about Christmas for three minutes and talking about the kids and the parents want to have a quiet evening and yada, yada, yada. And then they're saying, Merry Christmas, Merry Christmas, have a good Christmas. And then the dude says... Merry Christmas, let's go Brandon, which we all know what let's go Brandon means, right? It's a euphemism for F Joe Biden, okay? And let's be really serious here just for a second before we go any further because I feel like I need to talk about this. The whole let's go Brandon thing. I remember listening to this when it first, first happened, and I thought it was insane. I was listening to the reporter talking to Brandon Brown from NASCAR, and she was talking about a win, and she was standing in front of an area where there were fans, and they were at a sporting event, and this is something that has happened since Biden has been president. At all of these sporting events, the fans have started breaking into... F. Joe Biden, they're saying the curse word, F. Joe Biden, you know, kind of in the whole sing-songy thing that you hear, like, let's go Eagles, so they're saying F. Joe Biden, they say that everywhere, and now for those of you that don't like that, I get it, it's a little tacky, I mean, whatever, it doesn't make me clutch my pearls, I don't get really been out of shape about it. I do think it's a little tacky, but whatever. If someone wants to say it at a sporting event, go for it, I guess. Whatever. You have that right to do that. I mean, people said it about Trump. People said it about Bush. You know, whatever. I I don't know that it was really screamed out in public many, many times before that because we used to not really do that in that way. People were vulgar about other presidents and whatnot, but they did it in different ways. It wasn't in the same way because we are seeing the death of decency, but they were saying it. It's the culture we're in now, and instead of just ignoring that or whatever, the reporter felt as though she needed to somehow cover it up, or I don't know what was going through her mind. I don't know if anyone's ever talked to her. I would like to know what she thought, because she says, as we can hear, the audience back here saying, let's go, Brandon. They clearly weren't saying, let's go, Brandon. They clearly weren't saying, let's go, Brandon. They were clearly saying, F Joe Biden, and that has now became like a double entendre or whatever, how, whatever you want to call it, um, uh, an undercover way to say F Joe Biden. Now, I, when I heard that and I heard people start using the let's go Brandon phrase, 
thought it was funny, not because it was an undercover way to say F Joe Biden and it was a dig at Biden. In my opinion, I saw it as a dig at the media. And I think it's funny because this is what's wrong with the media. Here, the media is showing you in real time and letting you hear in real time a large group of people saying F Joe Biden and someone from the media, a reporter, is trying to tell you what you're hearing and seeing with your own ears and your own eyes isn't what's really happening. Instead of just forgetting it or moving to where they couldn't hear it or doing whatever, she tried to cover it up by saying they were saying, let's go, Brandon. That's idiotic. It's stupid. At that point, she was lying to the people she was talking to. She was being... I don't know what she was doing. It's crazy. I would love to know what she was thinking. But the whole let's go Brandon thing, I feel like it's not a dig really at the president. It is a slap at the face of the people in the media who have been such a large part of the problem. Now people are saying it all the time, and it is what it is. At least they're not running around saying F Joe Biden saying the word out in public, so it might be a little bit better. All of these people who are now clutching their pearls about this, I don't really get. I don't get that because do you all remember when Madonna was talking about blowing up the White House and comedian Kathy Griffin was holding up a fake head and took a picture of this bloody head that was supposed to be Donald Trump and it was supposed to be so strong and powerful and provocative and an amazing piece of art and commentary and back when they were hanging dummies that were supposed to look like President Obama and Robert De Niro was standing in front of a crowd winning a standing ovation at the Tony Awards for saying, fuck Trump. Do you remember when that was happening? Do you remember the Broadway play of Hamilton when halfway through the cast stopped what they were doing, stopped acting so they could um, admonish Vice President because of the job he was doing? Do we remember when Johnny Depp talked about wanting to punch Donald Trump? We have all of these examples over the last several years of all of this craziness, and all of this is childish, starting now with President Joe Biden going to President Donald Trump, going back to President Barack Obama and President George Bush, they have all really got a bunch of childish nonsense from people who have a right to say what they want to say and use their freedom of speech to talk about them however they want to, including violence and really vulgar type of stuff that's, depending on who it is and what party they're in, supposed to be okay. But now we have a situation where everyone is so tired 
of the fact that we're seeing and hearing things out in the world and we're being told by certain politicians and definitely the media that what we are hearing and seeing and witnessing isn't really what we're hearing and seeing and witnessing. You know, a lot of people on the left got mad when Kellyanne Conway and then Donald Trump talked about alternative facts. I myself didn't like that because there are no such thing as alternative facts. Facts are what happened, and they are truth, and you don't have alternative facts. But how can the left clutch their pearls when they then do the same things? And the media, and a lot of times the media who leans left, tries to give us alternative facts. Okay, so they don't actually say, we're giving you alternative facts and use those words. They just do it. So this is an example of people being sick and tired of that and saying, wait a minute. It might not be couth. It might be childish. But these people back here were saying, fuck Joe Biden. And this reporter who works for NBC is trying to shovel down our throat that they weren't saying that. She's trying to say that they were saying, let's go, Brandon. We're going to show you, let's go, Brandon. So I feel like the let's go, Brandon chant and the meaning behind it, in my opinion, is wonderful. It's funny. It can be used as political satire, but in my opinion, it's not to be used at Joe Biden, but it's to be used at the media, the, the media that refuses to do their job and present a truthful and, and factual example of what's going on. In, instead, they're trying to push their narrative. And it doesn't matter if it's left-wing or right-wing. If you're not giving us the news and you're a news person, if you're making up the news or you're slanting the news or you're giving us some kind of bullshit, then let's go, Brandon, to you. And that's how I see it. As far as it being a dig at the president, I don't really see it like that. Now, that being said, I don't like anything that Joe Biden is doing. I'm mad at a lot of things that he's doing. But if I was talking to him, I wouldn't say, fuck you, Mr. President, or fuck Joe Biden. And I probably wouldn't say, let's go, Brandon. I could use my words to give an actual point, to make an actual point. I could talk about policy that I didn't like. I could say things that were useful because when I say, fuck you, Mr. President, he just shuts that down or I get carted off. Or when I say, let's go, Brandon, they turn me off and they stop listening and I'm not getting a point across. I'm being crass and it doesn't get me anywhere. Same as when I'm calling Trump Trumpet or Cheeto or same as when I'm hanging a dummy that looks like 
uh, Obama or same as when I'm saying something nasty to Hillary Clinton or cutting off a dummy head and saying that it's Donald Trump. You're not going to get very far. There's a time and a place for everything. Okay? I think there's a time and a place for fuck Donald Trump if you so want to use those words. I don't think you should say it in public around kids. That's up to you. You think you should say it like that, or you think it's not a problem, or you think you have that right? You do and say what you want to say. I think there's a time and a place for fuck Joe Biden. I don't think it's in public in in front of women and children, but you do you. I wouldn't talk like that. I'm sure I could be pushed to that point, and then there would be a time and a place for it. But it would be in the time and place where my principles would say it would just be at a sporting event when there's families around and children around and you're not really conveying any point that matters and no one's really listening because it's kind of a crass thing. It's that whole decency thing that I am talking about. So let's go Brandon as a chant, as a slogan, as a rallying cry or whatever. I, I, I don't get all caught up about it. In my opinion, I don't think it has anything to do with Joe Biden. I think it is a cry of people who are tired of being told that what they are seeing, hearing, and witnessing is something different than what they're truly hearing, seeing, and witnessing. I think it is a rallying cry of those people who are tired of being sold bullshit and lies over the truth. And I think it is something that people use or should use to fire back at the media. As far as being something to fight President Biden, I don't think it's anything. It doesn't really matter to me what it, what it is. And, and saying it to him, I don't think it serves any purpose. But now, let's get back to the actual event. You remember Christmas Eve? This wasn't something that happened at a sporting event or at a presidential speech or some kind of stump event. This was Christmas Eve calling into the federal government and supposed to be allowing your children to talk to the president and have good Christmas cheer. Now, this gentleman, Jared Schmeck, is saying that he thought they would be calling into a recorded phone message. I personally don't buy that, okay? I think that's a load of crap. Why would you have your children call in to talk to a recorded phone message? I, I, don't, I don't get that. But that's all part of what he's saying that leads up to his defense now because he's getting hated on because of this. All right. I'm getting ahead of myself. Let's let's rewind. So Christmas Eve, he hears that something is going to be going on, and he thinks this will be cute. We can do this and videotape this. Now, did he videotape this so he and his wife could see his children talking to the president and first lady? Because they didn't actually ever talk to the president and first lady. It was really him doing all the talking. I think that this was done for 
the very purpose of making this viral video so that he could then become something because as I'm sure you're aware, he's now a hero on the right because they think that this was amazing because he said, let's go Brandon to the president and ha ha ha, the president even said it back. What a fool. And I'll talk about that in just a moment. But I think that this was done for, for all, ulterior motives because I don't think that this was a cute little hey let's record this and have this on our phone because our kids are going to talk to the president they knew that the kids were shy they know their own kids he knew he was going to do this he knew what was going on because now he's been on all of these different conservative podcasts talking about this. I'm sure once all of the conservative radio hosts get back to work after the first of the year that he will have interviews with many of them. Now he will be a conservative hero. Hell, he'll probably get his own podcast out of this. How many YouTube views he'll get because of this? Who knows? This now makes him a conservative viral hero and he'll be able to push this and milk it for as much as he can because when this first came out they said well he is a Christian and he didn't know he was going to do this and he meant no disrespect and he doesn't follow any one man blindly yet when he goes on Steve Bannon's War Room podcast he's wearing a MAGA hat and he's talking about how President Donald Trump is his president how the election was stolen and how Trump is the man, you know. So he's going on and doing that whole bit because that's who he's playing to now. And the whole thing I'm talking about is decency. We can talk about the right and left aspect of this next week. We can talk about the conservative liberal slant on all of this next week. After the first of the year, let's get into the politics after this in-between period, in-between, between Christmas and New Year, the happy holidays season, the time for goodwill. Let's talk about all of this after that. No, 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 no. No, no, no. He needs to strike while the iron's hot. And he has. And that's what we're seeing. I could give a rat's ass about all of that. What I hate is that there's no decency anymore. Let's listen to this again. Hi. Did you hear Jill Biden say, go ahead? It's real quiet. She says, go ahead. He says, hello. And she says, hi. And then it's like she's nudging Joe to say, go ahead. She says, go ahead. Listen to this. Hi. How are you? Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Who's this? This is Jared. Hi, Jared. I assume you're dad? Hi. Yes, sir. Oh. Uh, I just <laughs> okay, okay, Dad. Dad, what do you want for Christmas? <laughs> maybe, maybe a Okay, there is some playful banter there, 
you know, they're they're kind of trying to pause as they decide who's going to talk, and they're kind of talking over each other, and they ask, you know, what he wants, and he says a quiet night, and they tell him lots of luck getting that, you know, like it's not going to happen, and then they laugh. It sounds wonderful. This, this sounds nice. It doesn't matter if someone's on the left or the right. This is Christmas Eve. Wow. <laughs> You know, Dad, we have a hunter, too. Yeah. We have a son named Hunter and a grandson named Hunter. So, like radio shows and other live events, they had a call screener that got the name of the dad and the children so the president and the first lady would know the names before they took the call. And Jared has a kid named Hunter, and the president is having a conversation with Jared and his wife about that because they have a son and apparently a grandson named Hunter, and they laugh about this, and then he and Jill kind of have a cute moment where they're talking about, you know, oh yeah, we do have a grandson named Hunter, and they, they kind of laugh about this. Look, all, all I'm hearing at this moment are my elderly grandparents talking, okay, on Christmas Eve and, and having a fun, cute moment again. Keep going. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yes, we do. She's telling me we don't. We got a grandson, I promise you. The grandson named Hunter is 16 years old. I was thinking of the baby. That's both. Oh, my gosh. Anyway. Well, how old is Griffin? What do you want to say? what did you ask for Christmas? What do you want Santa to bring you? Piano. A piano? Holy mackerel. Well, I tell you what. We had trouble hearing you, Dad. I think so. Well, and what's Hunter want is his big gift? Switch is it? A Nintendo Switch. Oh, that's pretty oh, cool. Oh, Nintendo. Great. That's pretty cool. Yeah. How about Piper? Well, Piper uh, actually left the room before, before you guys picked up. It's just a Barbie airplane. Oh, Barbie. Uh, I still have my Barbie, and I think and Santa tries to get me. Santa brought my Barbie. Well, my Barbie about. was the first Barbie. <laughs> So listen to the back and forth. It's it's amazing. This is a nice, beautiful Christmas moment that has nothing to do with the pandemic. It's got nothing to do with Republicans or Democrats or us versus them. This is a nice moment between uh, a parent and his children and some people who are also parents and grandparents and great-great-grandparents or whatever. This is a nice neat, cute Christmas moment, a decent moment that does not deserve or need to be political in any way. Have a Merry Christmas. Have a wonderful Christmas. Listen, she's being genuinely sweet and caring here, and the president bust in to be his little kind of ornery self, and he's going to say, you kids need to be in bed. By the way... You guys have to be in bed by 9 o'clock, you know, and asleep between 9 and 12, or he doesn't show up. 
This isn't to you, Jared. This is to the kids. <laughs> well, I hope you have a wonderful yeah, Christmas. Well, yeah, I hope you guys have a wonderful Christmas as well. I just don't understand why that happened. I mean, I do understand because this guy was looking for his ticket to being something besides what he is. And congratulations to Jared Schmecky or Schmecker, Schmuck or whatever he is. He has it. This is ridiculous. This did not need to happen. And everybody thinks it's really funny, really funny, because President Biden said it back to him. Let's go, Brandon, I agree. He was just parroting what he said. He didn't know, and this this just really, it really, really, really bothered me. I heard this, and I didn't laugh. I didn't think that this was funny. I... I I guess because I'm dealing with a grandfather that has dementia that I, I was just really bothered by this. Biden didn't know what he said. You can tell it even takes her a second. She laughs and then stops. And Biden's still trying to have fun with him. He's like going to ask him a question about where they're at being in Oregon or whatever. And you can hear, l- listen. Let's go, Brandon. Let's go, Brandon. I agree. Hey, by the way, where, are you in Oregon? Where's your home? I think we lost him. Joe Biden even says, I think we lost him. He doesn't realize that the screeners ended the call. Jared didn't hang up because there's a recording that Jared made that he posted on his YouTube account where he is laughing about it. And he's like, "Uh, you know, like he can't believe that it happened. But they cut off the call when they heard it. But Joe Biden doesn't know that. So he's still trying to ask him questions and kind of joke around. Who knows what he was going to say? But he says, oh, I think we lost him. And you can hear the first lady say, yeah, and then it then it cuts. But it's just so heartbreaking to me that this happened because, first and foremost, if you had something that you needed to say that wasn't a Christmas message for whatever reason, that was your moment of protest and your moment to use your First Amendment right, then say something that was worth a damn. Let's go, Brandon. What what did that say? I mean, what's ridiculous to me is this occurred on the 24th, and by the 27th, he's already scheduling interviews on podcasts. Like, he was on Steve Bannon's War Room just what, two or three days later on December 27th, all this is happening around Christmas. Like, he doesn't have enough going on around the Christmas holidays that he can start scheduling interviews on podcasts. And what's really crazy to me is what he then had to say, because when this first happened, the thing that always happens started happening. Everybody went to their corners. Those on the right loved it. Those that think that Trump is great loved it. Those that don't like Trump but don't like Biden loved it. And those on the left hated it. 
And everybody started tweeting and started posting, and it became insanity. People started calling this guy's employment over Christmas. Don't you guys have Christmas? They started uh, threatening this guy and posting things like Yelp reviews and Google reviews, and they want him to be fired, and, and all of this craziness started happening. I think he works for his father's company, so he's probably not going to be fired. But this probably wasn't good for business because there's enough people on the left who will bombard the business with crap. And that's what always happens now. We start doxing people and everybody gets all riled up. But there's enough people that love what he did on the right that will pat him on the back and tell him that he is a hero because he stood up to the man and he told the man, let's go, Brandon. That is so ignorant. You know, if this was his moment, if he feels in his world, within his belief and his moral compass, that this is the time and place where he can carry out some form of protest or some form of disruption, if he can really stick it to the man, if he can stick it to President Joe Biden, if he can stick it to the left, if this can be his time to shine, when, keep in mind... For two minutes and 30 seconds before this, it's been fun, lighthearted Christmas banter because, again, let me remind you, you're on this phone call that lasts three minutes with the President of the United States of America and his wife, the First Lady, with the whole world watching via some streaming service, and your children on their beds watching you as they're waiting for Santa Claus to come down the chimney and bring them their presents because, again, this is Christmas Eve. If this is your big moment, why don't you use this moment of protest, moment of disruption, to tell this man something that really matters, like, I have an issue with this. I don't like that you did that. Your agenda doesn't fit with the American way of life or my way of life because of X, Y, and Z. You know, I just cannot get over the fact that he failed here. If this was his big moment, if he wasn't just going to have a nice Christmas message with the president and with his kids sitting there and the world watching, if he wasn't just going to have a three-minute phone conversation telling the Bidens Merry Christmas, if this was his moment to shine... Why didn't he use it? Hell, the other thing is, if this was his big moment, why did he waste two minutes and 30 seconds talking about Christmas and playing along and being nicey-nice? Why did he waste all of that time? It's because he was trying to get up the courage, trying to grow the balls to actually be able to say, let's go, Brandon. He didn't have the stones to do it. He didn't have the guts to be in the fray and to really mix it up. He wanted to take a cheap shot just like he did. You know, if he was listening to this, I would say, Jared, you blew it. 
why did you blow it? Why did you use that three second little blip to say, let's go Brandon? Something that's not even really about Joe Biden. It really has more to do with the media and the media doing things wrong. Why didn't you say something to him that mattered? But see, see, I think I'm looking at this all wrong. I think what he's thinking is, I said what I needed to say that made me the conservative viral sensation of the moment. This is my ticket to something bigger than what I currently have. I did what I needed to do. Is that what he's saying? Is that what Jared is saying? Jared, did you do exactly what you needed to do to get yourself to become that viral sensation? Did you do everything that you needed to make sure that you would have that spot on Steve O'Bannon's podcast and all of the other conservative podcasts that are out there telling you that you did an amazing thing and that you're a hero? Hell, your ticket might be punched. You might never have to be an electrician or mailman or plumber or whatever it is that you are again. Maybe now you have a podcast. Maybe now you'll have a radio show. Maybe now you're somebody that can fill the airways with witty banter like, let's go, Brandon, let's go, Brandon. What a waste. This wasn't a moment of a man using his First Amendment right to tell the president and the country how disgusted he is. This wasn't his moment to let the world or President Biden know that he disapproves of his agenda or the policies that the left have been pushing forward. That's not what he did here. See, after all of this happened and he started getting his hateful blowback, all these stories started being released about him saying, wait a minute, wait a minute. I don't have any problem with the president. I'm a Christian man. We were having fun. I thought this was a fun thing. I didn't know I was going to do this. I'm not like a Trumpster or anything. I just did it kind of in jest, just kind of being funny, laughing. I didn't mean fuck Joe Biden. I just said it to be kind of funny and cute. <laughs> I don't have a problem. I'm a good guy. I have no issue with anybody. However, three days later, when he's hitting the conservative political podcast circuit, and he is dressed up wearing his Trump shirt and his Make America Great Again hat, he's telling a different story. He says, this was my moment to show my disapproval. My friends thought this was pretty darn funny. I thought it was pretty darn funny too. I'm a Christian, which I, hey, good, good for you. I'm a Christian too. Okay. Then he says, I don't follow any one man blindly while he's wearing the Trump shirt, wearing the Trump hat, waving the Trump flag. And then, and then he goes on to say, but I know that Trump's my president and I believe that the election was 100% stolen. I want to make that clear. Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. He's wanting to clarify the stories that were put out when he said that he wasn't a Trumpster. Now he's realizing this is the cash cow. This is my ticket to ride. And I need to be letting these people know 
that I'm ready to play ball. And so he goes on all of these podcasts spinning a different story now than what we originally heard. And he's getting all this hate and he has these cash apps set up so people can donate to him and he doesn't know what he's going to do. And it's just so insane because I saw this when it first happened, I realized what was going to happen. And, and really what kills me about the whole thing is the left comes out to demonize this guy. The right comes out to canonize him and make him, make him a martyr and a hero. And I'm just like, wait a minute. Is everybody forgetting that this is Christmas time, that this shouldn't have happened, that this doesn't need to be a Democrat moment or a Republican moment. What's wrong with just showing a little bit of decency? Good Lord, why couldn't this have just been a two-minute and 30-second phone call and ended on Merry Christmas? What would have been wrong with that? Then... He could have, on his YouTube channel, said, I talked to the president last night, and he was kind, and we were kind, but I have issues with his agenda. And then he could have called Steve Bannon, but Steve Bannon probably wouldn't have wanted to talk to him because until he said, let's go, Brandon, to Joe Biden, he was nobody. And the biggest and greatest thing about this is he actually got President Biden to say, let's go, Brandon. That's amazing. That's absolutely amazing. And I guarantee you, President Biden didn't even realize that he said it. Now, they know it's a big thing, and they're probably going to figure out ways to not think about this and not talk about this, and they're going to let the left and the media go after this guy and do their thing. And that's disgusting, too. It's all disgusting. What the right is doing, making this guy a hero, is disgusting. And the left going after this guy and trying to shut down his business and make sure that he and his kids can't ever eat again is disgusting. It's all disgusting. Where is the decency? Why couldn't this have just been a freaking Christmas moment? All right, folks, we need to take another real quick break. You're listening to episode 176 of Perception is Reality. We'll be right back. Ladies and gentlemen, this episode is brought to you by the National Concealed Carry Association. Check them out at the National Concealed Carry Association.com. The National Concealed Carry Association exists to serve the Second Amendment community by providing a nationwide network of 2A advocates, offering elite self defense and concealed carry training from the nation's top instructors, and providing rock bottom prices on the best selection of gear and accessories. Check them out at National Concealed SealedCarryAssociation.com. Do not delay. All right, folks, we're back. The last portion of episode 176. I, I just, you know, I don't know what to say. I completely understand that there are fundamental differences between the right and the left. Are there those differences? Absolutely. Do we have to have debate? Absolutely. Is it going to be not pretty sometimes? Absolutely. I completely 
understand that. Are there things that I want to fight about? Yes. Do I think that there are people that want to fight me and and debate me and argue about how I think and feel? I absolutely know that that's true. Do I think that the country could be heading towards something that we all really will not like? Oh, absolutely. Do I understand that there is a time and a place for everything? You bet your ass. And like I said, maybe maybe Christmas Eve at 8.30 for uh, three minutes was this cat's time to really let loose. But I feel like he, he got up, he picked up the baseball bat, and he really swung and whiffed it. He missed. If this was his moment, he failed. He did not accomplish anything. You know, I don't think anything political should have happened. I feel like we should have whisked back to 1984 and he could have said Merry Christmas and that would have been it. Of course, nobody would have been seeing it because there would have been no internet and I wouldn't be talking into this microphone and all of this other stuff. But what I'm saying here, what I'm saying here is simply... Where's the decency? Where's the common sense? Where's the intelligence? Look, I don't like all the cringy shit that the left does, and I get involved with it, but I also can say, God, it's all so stupid. Saying Cheeto and Trumpet and Trumpster, that's all nonsense. Saying Obama and and calling Kamala Harris all the names and all the things and talking about Trump being peed on and, and... and Biden's hairy legs, all of that shit just hurts us all so bad. Not because we're all divided, but because it's all nonsense. We are standing here arguing over absolutely nonsense. Arguing over the the color of the walls and and, and the painting on the walls not realizing the house is burning down around us. But no matter what goes on, aren't there some moments, some days, sometimes, some things that are just sacred and it's kind of like, okay, not now. Not now. Maybe we can argue this tomorrow. Maybe we can argue this next week, but not right now. Let's just... Let's just be... And I'm serious. I think that we can change this one person at a time just by being better, being better in our own lives and centering ourselves and understanding that there is a time and a place for everything. We can make change and we can do it. And it's going to take time. It didn't get here overnight. You don't turn this on a dime. It's like when a cruise ship turns direction, they have to start making preparations and they start turning well in advance. We didn't get here overnight and we're not going to get fixed overnight, but we can make things better. It starts in the minds and the hearts of you and you and you and me and us 
each of us, all of us, those of us that are out here that are Republicans, those of us that are out here that are Democrats, whether you consider yourself conservative or liberal, hell, whether you consider yourself an extremist one way or another, I tend to believe that extremists are bad in both areas, and they're more closely related than any of us, honestly. But whatever you feel you are, we can come together and make things better. I'm not saying this cat shouldn't have said whatever he felt like saying. I'm not saying he shouldn't have said, let's go Brandon, if that's the best he can come up with. I just feel like he wasted an opportunity. If that was his moment and he was showing displeasure, if the displeasure that he had can be wrapped up in let's go Brandon, I think he's doing pretty damn good. I want to know how I can get displeasure that can be wrapped up in, in that easy of a sentence. We need to back out of the echo chambers. We need to start employing critical thinking. It has to be a priority. Intelligence has to be a priority. Kindness, love, and decency has to be a priority. Let's leave the circus that's what it's been, just an absolute circus. And we've been the performing animals and freaks at the circus. And we need to stop that. We need to get back to being the normal, civilized, decent, thinking, critical thinking people that we can be. Politics is a way of life, and it is very important in my life, but it is not all that is life. It is something that we need to be able to walk away from and put down. And we need to understand that there's more to life than politics. Just because it's important and it's a big part of my life and it's a way of life, it's not the only thing and it's not the most important. The most important thing is being a damn good person. And I think that's the biggest thing is we need to look at ourselves and say, are we being good people? Is this guy being a good person? I just really don't understand that. Is that guy being a good person in what he did? Does he think he's being a good person? Does his wife, does his children, will his children, when they get older, think, hey, yeah, dad, you did the right thing there. The American way of life, in my opinion, is disappearing. Decency is disappearing. Both Republicans and liberals say that same thing. The American way of life is going away, and they both blame the other. I don't know. I think it's all of us. I don't think it's one or the other. I think everybody is at fault. And I think we need to ask ourselves are we going to be a part of that problem or a part of the solution? I just don't know. I know that this is not okay with me. He could have just ended it with Merry Christmas. 
I don't know. What say you guys? All right, folks, that is it. You guys have a wonderful rest of the in-between, and we're going to have a great, 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 great new year. 2022 is going to be a fantastic year. We're kicking off a new election season in the year 2022. We're going to be coming at you with some great interviews and some great new episodes and topics. Topics. If you have anything that you want to add, if you want to be a part of the show, if you have something that you want to talk about, if you think there's someone out there that I need to talk to or a topic that I need to cover, do not hesitate in getting a hold of me and letting me know. I always love talking with you guys. You can hit me up on Facebook, Christopher H. Bilberry on Facebook, or www.facebook.com forward slash Bilberry318. You can also email me at khbilbury at gmail.com, or you can text or call the studio line at 765-546-9796. I love speaking with you guys. Whether you agree, you have something you just want to say, or you disagree, I love it all. Let me know what you think. Please, please, please help spread this show and all other episodes. I love, love, love when you guys bring... New people to the family here. I look at us as a family, whether we're dysfunctional or not. I'll let you guys decide that, but I do appreciate everything that you guys contribute and how you help spread the show. I can definitely see it in the numbers. We definitely keep increasing, and that is because of the partnership that we have here. I am so happy and so thankful that I get to talk to each and every one of you as often as we do. Thank you very much. Help spread the word. Perception.fireside.fm. 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 Of course, that's the home link. We can be found literally every place else. iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio Public, iHeartRadio, Amazon Music, and many, many, many more. We can be found everywhere. They can simply just Google the name Perception is Reality with Christopher H. Bilbrey or Bilbrey Podcast will pull up however. Just find us and tell your folks to find us as well. Help them out. If you have problems or they have problems, have them get in touch with me. I can help them out as well. Until next time, you guys take care of yourselves. I hope you had a wonderful Christmas. I hope you have a fantastic new year. Be safe. Take care. God bless. And I'll look forward to talking to you all again real soon. You've been listening to Perception is Reality with Christopher H. Bilbrey. Bilbrey. Tune in, like, and subscribe at perception.fireside.fm. Hook up on Facebook at facebook.com backslash Bilbrey318. And on Twitter at PISRBilbrey. Email khbilbrey at gmail.com. Or get off your butt and call the show at 765-546-9796. Till next time, remember, perception, perception is, is reality. Reality. This has been Perception is Reality with Christopher H. Bilbrey, where we aim for better government through citizen involvement.